jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of darkness! Here we are. Just like a white-winged dove. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's going to be stuck in my head for the next seven years. Good. You should be so lucky. Just like a white-winged dove. Oh, my God. It's not. Oh, it's so good, though, isn't it? Oh, it's perfection. Are you kidding? (laughs) It's so good. Nobody likes Stevie. No. Uh, Kids today. Who do they have? Who's there, Stevie? uh... Is there a Stevie Nicks today? No, there's no Stevie Nicks. Because she's Stevie Nicks. Because she was a witch on cocaine. (laughs) She was a witch on cocaine who could write a fucking song, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And she could dance with a shawl. Shawl, give her a top hat, a shawl, and a tambourine, and watch her go. My God, the age of 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 tambourine-based musical acts. Those were the days. The children just don't understand with their dubstep, with their auto tune, <laughs> their auto tune. I was listening to Stevie because I'm always, I mean, whatever. Stevie's in my regular rotation, of course, because she's a god. But also, don't think I have fallen off my K-pop train because I have not. But I was listening to some Red Velvet, of course. Yeah. And their song Bing Bing, which has uh, a pretty, as far as I can tell, a completely unauthorized use of a carbon copy of the Edge of Seventeen guitar riff. Really? That bigger, 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 bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's the same exact thing. Oh, no credit to Stevie anywhere. So. <laughs> They just banked on people not knowing. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that song that. is good. That's a good song, though. Oh, I but. need to get back into some Red Velvet. Yeah, you do. I should make a playlist for everybody. You really should. And listen, Stacy is so good at it. I mean, how do you think I got into K-pop to begin with? I don't know. Where, well, I guess you do it on Spotify. Ugh, oh, ugh, but never, I never mind. time never for mind. that. I know. Every, and people say, oh, what's your Spotify? Oh, do you want to hear my playlist? I say, I don't know how to do that. Do people listen to playlists that people make? Yes. Yes. It's always, if people say, hey, buy this, listen to my playlist that I made on Spotify. Or or uh, for parties, they say, oh, did you like my party? Here's the playlist on Spotify. Or, oh, did you like this movie? Here's a playlist I made that's inspired by this movie. People are all about the Spotify playlist. Oh, well, I would do that only because I do so enjoy making uh cds and the such for people to tell people what to listen to but this is not practical for listeners at large so if i just said look i made a playlist a k-pop playlist have at it you could do that though in fact you're a vibe curator oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) sure (laughs) anyway horror movies oh is that what we do right well we do actually, actually, the, I will say the Gaylords Venn diagram. Gaylords, we are at the center. There are several circles, right? Gay. 
cantankerous. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Real Housewives, horror yes. movies, video games, and mm-hmm. a very small circle for K-pop. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Full, 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 well-rounded, um, fully fleshed out. And we appreciate the six people that have also all the same attributes. <laughs> yes. And we also appreciate the people who haven't dumped us yet when they have to put up with content from one of the other circles. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Just like all the people that listen to the Housewives episodes but don't watch Housewives. I, I, right? But my question is because do you notice every time we do that, people say, oh, I don't even watch it, but I love it. It says, I say, but why aren't you watching it? Just watch it. I think it's a it's a hurdle for some people to get over. To accept. To accept there is a stigma and, you know, whatever. People just don't have interest in reality TV or whatever. And I get it. I completely get it. But to the, to those of you who really do enjoy our episodes and do do have, you know, tell us. I don't even I don't watch, but I do listen. Maybe maybe try one someday. You don't have to tell anybody. <laughs> Secret. You can treat it like it's some kind of uh, uh, something you would put maybe under your mattress. Wait till everyone's out, the, the wife and the kids or the husband and the kids or whatever. Wait until the dog's not looking at you. <laughs> Set up a barrier just in case the dog won't leave the room. You put a chair, chair in the way. Keep the remote very close so you can change the channel if somebody comes in. Yep, have another eight tabs ready to switch to on the browser just in case. That's right, that's yeah. right. And fire up a little Real Housewives of Potomac. Yeah, yeah. You might, what's the worst that can happen? You turn more gay. <laughs> right? I don't know. We've gotten messages from people who are like, oh, thank you for... You know, incessantly talking about Mama Moo. I listened to some Mama Moo and I liked it. Well, there you go. Yeah, we gay lords are all. We are all about improving lives. We are. We are. We are Sally's Struthers, basically. We are the Deepak's Chopras. Okay, <laughs> it's plural. It is. Okay. <laughs> if this was, if we were doing this show 15, 20 years ago. Oprah would have had us on. <laughs> okay. Not to talk about horror movies, but to talk about how we're helping people. Yeah, we would be Dr. Oz running for Congress or whatever right now. You know, you say that. And I still refuse to believe that those are real headlines. I have not looked into it any further because I am... Uh, just trying to maintain some semblance of sanity. Isn't it? I mean, there's so much to live with. But as I, is. I saw the words in some kind of a like, oh, here's trending or whatever. And I was like, I refuse to accept that this is a real thing. I'm not looking into it any further. That's, I'm, sometimes self-protection is key. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, actually. I, you know what? Yes, seagulls? Seagulls are yelling. Uh, I like to think of myself like an armadillo, okay? Sometimes you just have to curl up and roll away. (laughs) And be partially armored. That's right. And maybe a reptile? No, they're not reptiles. They're they're mammals. Are they amphibians? (laughs) What are armadillos? Yes. Do they come out of eggs? 
Hmm. I don't know. Probably not. If anyone knows what an armadillo is. <laughs> <laughs> anyone. Please, this obscure knowledge. We didn't know why burnt offerings was called burnt offerings. And we also would like help in understanding what armadillos are. Please help. Notice I did not mention intelligence on the Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah, that's nowhere near. Nowhere to be found. Occasionally it shines through. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> but I suggest curling up into a ball like a little pill bug and roll away. No longer an armadillo, now you're a pill bug? Whatever. If you want to self-aggrandize, you can be an armadillo. Or just Which be a I... tiny little pill bug. However you're feeling. The point is, roll up into an armored ball and roll away. <laughs> That's my life philosophy going forward. Like unto a battle droid in... Um... There you go. In Star Wars, Phantom Menace. No, the super battle droids. The do- dodecahedron droid. What's it called? Droideca. Droidecos. Droideca. Hi. Hi, Stacey. How are you? Today. <laughs> yeah. Thank well. you, Obi-Wan. Whatever. <laughs> so, but I did not roll away from the movie we're going to talk about. I rolled to my couch. <laughs> 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 I'm really excited for Anthony to finally see the Manitou. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I, you, this came up in a previous episode that this film, in fact, exists. And yep. it was on the chopping block that it was, its inner contents were revealed to me. And I said, what? <laughs> and now, having seen this this motion picture, I can say... Everything I said about Prey, I now retract because everything, <laughs> all the representation, the accuracy, the, the agency, the, the conveying of traditional um, beliefs and values. Indigenous actors play Indigenous, indigenous actors um, and experts and, and linguists that went into like building a, a real reconstructed universe, indigenous universe already happened in the Manitou in 1978. 1978! <laughs> so ahead of its time! Really? <laughs> this movie is fucking insane, and I loved it. <laughs> Yay! It's just, I mean, it's like its like the red face equivalent to, like, Life Force, you know? It's just... Yeah! Absolutely bonkers. Absolutely <laughs> certifiably insane completely not so so like just assumptive and racist but from such in such a way that it is so i i don't know what this movie thinks it is or what it thought it was as it was being constructed <laughs> but it just it embraces it so wholeheartedly that i could not help but also embrace it and to this I say, Anthony, welcome to the filmography of William Girdler. Thank you so much, Welcome Wagon, because I I really need to see every picture this man has ever committed to film. Yes, you do. I love William Girdler. Gone too soon. Gone way too soon. The dude made, like, I don't know, ten movies in five years or something. Like... He is my trash bender. Like, just his, <laughs> his output was 
so he was so prolific. Everything was not so. He did Abby. Like he did black exploitation. He did Animals Run Amok. He did a slasher movie. He did whatever the fuck the Manitou is. Like he did all <laughs> whatever <of> the fuck. <laughs> like how do you even classify the Manitou, right? But he did all of this stuff before he was 30. He died when he was 30 in a helicopter crash when he was scouting locations for a new movie in the Philippines. Fucking helicopters, man. They ruin everything. Except for the thing. Yeah, this is true. That's true. <laughs> he, like, uh, so I, I, I feel like is, is perhaps Abby his most famous? I would say, yeah. Film, which is the one, one that I... I fully recognizes a massive gap in my film viewing history because I, I've always wanted to see Abby. Is that true? Because I haven't watched it and it's accessible. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I very much recognize I need to see Abby, but all of his movies, I mean, if they're, if, because Abby, everything I know of it is amazing. The Manitou now being exposed to this masterpiece. Day I, I have the to animals. S- my God. With the day, with the day Georges. Mm-hmm. Grizzly. Which features Leslie Nielsen bare-chested. Racist Leslie Nielsen. His character is a total racist. Oh. Shirtless. Like, fighting a grizzly bear in the rain. And it that's like, it's it, that was the, the forest nature equivalent to Jaws, right? Yes. Because kind of everything he did was sort of in conversation with another better film, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But just, like, really inventive stuff really go for broke on micro budgets like i think the manitou was his largest budgeted film Hmm. um but just one of those filmmakers who had a flavor and had some kind of crazy vision and made it happen and was prolific as all hell and i really hate that he died so young because i don't i love his movies and who knows what we would have gotten out of him you know yeah yeah, I mean, it just it just begs the question, what could have been? Yeah. They don't make them like William Girdler anymore, I can tell you that. Because, so the Manitou was 1978. Abby was, what, that was early? That was just after The Exorcist. 74, I think. Yeah, so that's a very short amount of time. And Manitou was his, wasn't this his last? Because didn't he, he died, this was released posthumously for him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was like, it was literally like five years or something he made, like nine or ten movies. Wow. And wrote wow. A bun- he wrote a bunch of them. Um, I've never seen Three on a Meat Hook, which is his slasher movie. Oh, is- he did that. He did Three on a Meat Hook, yeah. I know that title. Yeah. Oh, every everybody knows, anyone who ever went to a video store at least knows the title. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's But I've never actually seen it. I should see it. Isn't that very upsetting, actually? Sorry, just to harken back to our pre-episode conversation Anyone who ever went to a video store, which I'm like, that demographic is <laughs> less than more at this point, which is just uh, interesting to think about because that's how I got into movies. So, huh. But this movie is, is this not the reason movies were made to begin with? You know, to this is Nicole, put Nicole Kidman in the AMC ad sitting in that theater watching The Manitou. She's and, especially watching the ending. Oh, like, 100%. <laughs> So this is the boob lasers versus evil Indian space god. Excuse me, jacked up evil. I forgot how jacked up that little dude is. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he gets jacked. And then there's his buddy, like, eye- eyeball god of the north wind or whatever. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? 
Tony Curtis throwing typewriters at like Indian Devil. Like what? Yeah, there's like there's a blizzard inside. There's lasers. There's exploding typewriters. People get frozen in the indoor blizzard and then their heads fly off and explode. (laughs) What a treat. Like um, this, this arguably could be one where we say, turn this off and just watch the manatee. Well, how do you even (laughs) describe it in a way that is all satisfying? Like this is, this is one of those movies that just needs to be seen because it is crazy uh it's just crazy like to just say it all out like as a plot synopsis it does not will not do it justice i can tell you that right now because the movie is mostly the movie starts in the action kind of like it doesn't it wastes literally zero time before it tells you the issue at hand isn't that nice and then there's maybe it feels like there's only like 20 minutes maybe of uh, mystery solving problem solving plot moving forward and then it feels like the last hour and a half is the climax <laughs> like it's it. just one big fight this movie is yeah. just a big fight yeah yeah it's 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 like it's like girdler saw i mean i know he did abby but then it's like he he saw that last sequence of the two priests and the exorcist and then he said but what if what if it was a, a syrian medicine man <laughs> and a bunch of space lasers and electricity and <laughs> a blizzard and Tony Curt- Curtis and a, and a little my size evil medicine man. Like, what? <laughs> what? I suppose you could call this movie problematic. Ah, I mean, but is it, this is that thing, right, where it goes so far into one realm that I'm like, is it actually, <laughs> like, even racist when it's just so made up? It's, well, you've, I mean, you, you've got all that stuff. And then, you, then when Stella Stevens arrives in what can only be controversially described as gypsy face. Absolutely. Yeah, she she's painted orange for days. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you could have just hired the right ethnicity yeah. for what yeah. you're trying to convey here. Well, it's like when he goes to the, the reservation to find the two last medicine men in South Dakota. Even though Burgess Meredith has previously said that there, he said there's only two, but then later we find out that he's been to like five. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes and knocks on a door. He's on the res. He knocks on a door and like there's just a woman fully painted orange answers <laughs> the door. <laughs> I, there is, I mean, uh, so much of my work is concerned with this, but there is a part of me that just genuinely loves just when it's taken so far and it's so, the artifice is so pronounced that you just have to kind of laugh and say, well, it was a different time. It was definitely a different time. It's also always, and I suppose this is just the the magical native trope. Yes. It's like, it's so funny when something is so what could be deemed offensive so blatant in the fuckery yes while also trying to do the right thing yeah where in the end it becomes about you know like tony curtis says well hell if i can be friend with an indian yeah (laughs) and then he he shakes his hand and they look at each other with respect Yeah, and like the Indian gets to insult the white man a few times. And yeah. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not like oh, the natives are the bad people. It's not cowboys and Indians. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like these movies that try to they, 
you know, I guess it was the 70s, right? And so it was like, oh, pollution Indian. Oh, no. Like. <laughs> pollution Indian. Oh. It's it's the age of Sashin Littlefeather, right? It's it's it was a different it was a different era. Things were changing. We were beginning to become aware, honestly, and that's why this is is so much less offensive to me than like the the the, the searchers, um, uh, which I I think is one of the most racist and offensive movies I've ever seen when it comes to native depictions. Like, which is also why I love Prey so much because Prey is all like it's 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 showing a genuine depiction of like the Comanche nation which searchers is you know the evil Comanche according to to John Wayne but it's like that's so it's that's that old Hollywood western wild wild west idea that it's just like they're all bad it's all Andrew Jackson the only good Indian is a dead Indian versus this like there is an attempt at I mean they get it all entirely wrong but the fact that it is so <laughs> <laughs> there's also this like it's so it's it's very much all indians are one indian in this movie yeah, yeah and i mean i i knew i was gonna love it from the opening credits where you get that title sequence there's the manitou and you get tony curtis and all these names and there's this grand music playing and then they show indigenous iconography from like every possible indigenous group ever yeah <laughs> like, you get you get your clinget you get your athabascan you get you get you get people from the southwest you get like aztec iconography <laughs> and i'm like oh okay so we're just treating everybody as one we are all we are the world yeah <laughs> and that's exactly how like when they go to indian expert burgess meredith that's how he talks about it too and so I, I just kind of love that. When they offer to pay, like, oh, oh, we need a medicine man to solve our problems. Well, how are we going to pay them? Oh, no, no, no. They don't need money. They want, like, <laughs> friendship and honor. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need money. They don't want your money. And it's like this, <clears throat> it's such a... Trying to do the right thing the completely wrong way is always a really, makes for some really interesting art, in my opinion. Yes. Um, that could just be written off or whatever, but I think it's more, there's greater value, I think, in, in examining these things. Oh, absolutely. So just that idea of like, Indians live on a reservation and it is a magical land where they have their own systems and their own honor codes and they don't want our white man ways and et cetera, et cetera. And when you look at what a reservation actually is. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it's like rampant poverty, mm-hmm. alcoholism, zero opportunities. They're just like ghettos with nice scenery, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what? We should educate our children. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Stacy, how children. dare you call for education <laughs> in schools? Well, then you have to see some things you don't want to see. And as a parent, you might have to talk to your child about some unpleasant things. And no one wants that. Mm-hmm. And you might have to learn how to understand and uh, accept your cultural heritage of doing awful things to <laughs> other races. Of death and disease. Death and disease and destruction <laughs> and all of this, while also saying, like, okay, I was not alive to do those things, but it was my people, mm-hmm. and what am I doing now? And no one wants to do that. Do I benefit from these actions still today? Exactly. And how can I counter those effects? 
And I suppose on the one hand, I'm saying, listen, everybody, just curl up into an armored ball and roll away. Um, (laughs) It's always the answer. And on the other hand, I'm saying, like, most of our, uh, many of our problems come from the fact that we don't confront these things. And it's like, well, stay safe. But I will say armadillos are not always balls. (laughs) Rolling away. We do know that much about them, at least. I do understand that. Okay. Uh, What am I saying? I don't know. (laughs) I love this beautiful speech, this call to action that then ends in the armadillo analogy. It's spectacular. Well, then it's like it's hypocritical. But I think there's one thing about not wanting to have to face the reality that Dr. Fucking Oz is running for political office. Oh my god. To just to just wanting a little break. Do you know what I mean? Like I know there's a storm on it. Like, put an eye patch on me, you know. Oh, storm's coming. Like we all know the storm's coming. We see the clouds on the horizon here. Absolutely. In- I mean, all around the world, but here in the United States, we see the storm clouds gathering as 2024 approaches. Oh, God. And so I want to roll away from that. Rightfully so. But part of the reason why I even have to roll away from that is because we haven't confronted all of these shitty things throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. We need to be like Madame Blanc and confront this and then turn Olga into a pretzel. Thank you. Anyway, the man of town. (laughs) (laughs) Stacey, how would how would you set this up for people the manitou oh oh no (laughs) well i would say that the cast alone is a homosexual's dream come true is it is it isn't it i already told you about stella stevens in her gypsy face (laughs) don't come for me about that word you know what i'm talking about i'm talking about a movie gypsy Yes, right? which is, which is, this is the thing, though. There is a cinematic Indian, which is not real. Right. Which is, which is, um, what's his name? Michael Ans- Ansara. Ansara, yeah. Who plays John's Sitting Rock, Standing John Rock. John Singing, John Singing Rock. Sorry, I knew it was something made up Indian. John Singing Rock, he plays him. <laughs> and then, but he's Syrian. Uh, it, pollution Indian, you know, also from the 70s. That's, that's one vibe. And then we also have, thanks to the, the the universal horror films and then the tropes of circus and things that came up after that, we have cinematic gypsy, which is also a different thing. These these are invented ethnicities, according to Hollywood. Thank you. You're welcome, Stacy. I just <laughs> absolved you. For just no, I'm, I'm, fuck off. No, it's, like, <laughs> it's just one of those things where we dance around ways to describe things and it's like there is there's fiction and there's this and it's we're it's like let's talk about the ways that fiction influences reality and vice versa well because well that's the thing i mean this is what i get to in in looking for tiger lily my peter pan show it's like to 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 call or when people got upset that rudy mara was cast as tiger lily i'm like this it's not a native role it's not a native character that is a jm barry indian that is a fiction Indian to 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 call a a space Indian because that's what they are in Peter Pan. They live in Neverland, which, as far as we know, is in space. To call them to to try to apply modern day understandings of identity 
and uh, an identity that we were trying to course correct and get right to call a, a, a native character in Peter Pan Native American? No, they live in space. <laughs> like, <laughs> to try, like, so if anyone's going to come for you and say, well, actually, Stacy, it's, it's classic Universal Pictures Hollywood Romany. No, it's not. That's actually more offensive because these are not rom. It's a it's a dis- it's a distortion of a lived identity that is then has then become a very real trope. I feel very passionately about this. I did no, did I mean it's part of what your massive work is about. So I'm just you're you're better. You you can speak to it much better than I can. Uh, so good. but i do love the collective like anytime we have to talk about this and talk about hollywood gypsy or hollywood indian it's like the the preemptive armadillo armadillo balling that begins to happen well Well, that's real we're we're putting this out on the internet and you you just you just you just said the bleepsy word (laughs) right but it's like i just i uh, context matters yes absolutely I mean, well, and that's, I also think it's important to not deny that these depictions existed, right? Like, that's, that's why I do the show that I do, why I did Looking for Tiger Lily. And something that interesting that happens every time I do that show, almost every time, is well-meaning white parents with kids come up to me and they go, Oh, wow, that was so informative. I will, I will never show our kids Peter Pan. And I'm like, that's not the point. You should show them it, and then you can let them enjoy it, and then you can talk to them about the real-life issues that are underneath it. That's the, that's the conversation that no one wants to have, because that can be tricky. Oh, oh, because then you feel like bad white person? Then you feel like bad white person, so... But, I mean, we're very good in this country of just completely ignoring things, rather than... You know, it's like we just erase it. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're gonna We're gonna take, like, instead of... Uh, I mean, I don't think that necessarily, like, all the Bugs Bunny blackface fucking cartoons should just be on 10 o'clock Saturday morning cartoons anymore, the way they were when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. without some kind of dialogue. Um, But we can't pretend that they didn't happen. Yeah. In recent times. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, how does, how does Germany confront its past Versus how do we confront our past? We don't even want to tear down Confederate monuments because that's uncomfortable. Versus Germans put fucking signposts and plaques everywhere saying this happened here. Exactly. And we cannot forget it! <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. It's important. Yeah. So we can't, just, we can't just point at the character and say like, this movie isn't worth talking about, or this movie is problematic because of that character, or this character, or whatever. Like, that's... I don't know where that gets us. It Well, it gets you nowhere, and actually, like, to that end, like, trying to, trying to not confront it, not talk about those things, like, or just ignoring it, or not showing your kids Peter Pan, or not showing your kids the Manitou. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if you do, you have other <laughs> other problems to work out. But like that in itself is actually an act of whitewashing. Yes. So uh, just you know, embrace your history, white people. <laughs> I guess this is what we're trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I just, I'm, I come from a place of like, let's talk about it. And there's a difference between saying like, let's talk about this thing and glorifying a thing. You know what well, I mean? yeah, but but in the age of the internet, it's like, well, are you giving that a platform then? And, and I think we get confused that to say the bad word is not to mean the bad word, you know. 
Now, when we have a Real Housewife of Miami star Lisa Hochstein on the show. <laughs> and soon. And soon as a special guest. Uh, will that be giving her a MAGA platform? I don't know. Maybe. Do I care? Not really. <laughs> Listen to our Real Housewives of Miami show if you have. Oh, please do. Yeah. And then uh, try watching it. It's so good. Anyway, <laughs> the Manitou. What even is this? This cast, like I said, we haven't even talked about the cast. Oh my Sassy god! Is Tony fucking Curtis of the Curtis's Jamie Lee. Yes. And Southern. In like a cameo, basically. Susan Strasberg, who has a really interesting career. It's so strange. It's very strange. First of all, in this movie, they're like, oh, she's 28. And I'm like, is she? <laughs> like, sure, people looked older back in the day, but she was literally 40 when they made this. Um, yeah. But Susan Strasberg, daughter of the Lee Strasberg. Who Lady Gaga studied under. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. How dare you? I can't. Daughter of who Marilyn Monroe studied under. Marilyn Monroe was a family friend. Um, so you have Susan Strasberg, who like started really early, did a lot of theater, obviously. If you don't know who Lee Strasberg is, <laughs> are you even a theater major? <laughs> 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 but founder of the Actors Studio. Um, and so she was in that. Like she originated the title role in The Diary of Anne Frank on Broadway. Uh Yeah. Really accomplished actress who spent like the last portion of her career making shitty horror movies. (laughs) Shooting lasers out of her boobs. (laughs) Shooting lasers out of her boobs. (laughs) (laughs) She's also in Bloody Birthday. Hell yeah. She was also in Sweet Sixteen slasher movie. Um and so it's just like, what is she doing here? But I guess you know what? She just wanted to do whatever she she just wanted to do whatever she wanted to do. Yeah. So she's the lead, kind of. She's the lead who is asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of like a Laurie Strode in Halloween Bangs, where you're like, this movie's about her? Yeah, yeah. Also goes, (laughs) (laughs) He's just in bed for like pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, with a lump. This fucking movie. It starts by doctors being perplexed at this lump that is growing on the back of her neck. That seems to have bone and tissue and all of this. And all signs point to fetus. <laughs> Baby on board. On the back of her neck. Just like um, Andrea Martin in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. She has that monologue about how they found a, her twin in her neck. <laughs> I never saw that. Well, maybe there's a Manitou connection now. I guess so. Maybe inspired by the Manitou. Yeah. Who knows? So doctors don't know what to do. They're going to operate on it. The the world's foremost tumor doctor is going to operate. But when he goes to cut her, she's like, she wakes up from the anesthesia and she's like, and and the the doctor is kind of like uh, has a compulsion and he cuts himself and there's chaos and all this so they can't operate on this tumor they don't know what's going on uh she goes to see her ex-boyfriend tony curtis who is 
a fake psychic, but also maybe kind of a psychic. He does tarot cards for old ladies, and it's mostly just about him being handsome and giving them companionship. Oh my god, it's spectacular. He wears a fake mustache and a robe with all the astrological symbols on it, and I say, where this better be on the chopping block. It's so cool. (laughs) And even if I don't need it, I will ask for it, because (laughs) it's a look. (laughs) So he is going to figure out this problem that she has, and what is the deal with this lump? A question we've all asked of ourselves or someone else at one time or another in our lives. Yep. What is the deal with this lump? (laughs) (laughs) So he goes to see his movie gypsy friend, Stella Stevens, because obviously she would know the real uh, metaphysical possibilities here. She's so cool. (laughs) They they go to see Burgess Meredith because he wrote a book about medicine men, they think. Stella Stevens' boyfriend thinks he's found the answer. Medicine men were powerful magicians. And they were immortal, too. Did you know that? They were immortal? And that's that's all the book entry says. After that, it goes into rain dances. Yeah. <laughs> this is in the Indian Dictionary. Yeah. Did you, did you notice... I love when Burgess Meredith starts talking and he walks towards a bookshelf and he's, he reaches for a book and he just goes, oh, the book's not here. <laughs> and, then, and then he just keeps talking. And I'm like, was there supposed to be a prop book and it wasn't there? And he just kept rolling with it and they kept it in. I think he was doing a little bit of improv because there was another point where he walked over some, to something and he was like, oh, this is a mess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you, I did not know I was having two weeks of Bur- like back-to-back Burgess Meredith uh, right? viewings in store, and I'm just so grateful because I fucking love that man so much. Right? What a curious, wonderful little actor. Oh, what a, a adorable little strange egg of a man. Really? He's rocking a Van Dyke in this. <laughs> yep. And it looks real cool. And so he's the expert who wrote the book and tells them, like, oh, you need... Like, oh, here's a little more about the medicine man. You need another medicine man to battle the medicine man. (laughs) But don't worry about it because the Indians don't want anything from you but honor and friendship. They don't need your money. The trouble will be, can you get an Indian to sacrifice himself? (laughs) It's like Annabelle all over again. Right? Who will sacrifice themselves for the white people? Yep. (laughs) So as you can see, we've learned our lessons and cinema has evolved. Yeah. yeah really <laughs> decades removed and alfred woodward is there throwing herself out a window to save some white woman mm-hmm. so they find uh john singing rock on the reservation that's how you know he's a young indian if he was an older indian maybe called john singing adult contemporary <laughs> John singing jazz. John singing smooth jazz. <laughs> John singing soft FM. <laughs> They're on the John other reservation. John singing light and easy favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they get him. And then they go to the hospital and they're going to fight because, you know, what's growing on her back is a medicine man. 
This is how he's gaining uh, immortality, is they can impregnate men, women, animals with versions of themselves anywhere on the body. No womb necessary. Uh, and so he's going to pop out and cause havoc. And that's what happens. It's <laughs> exactly what happens. Um, boy, he does. I mean, it's kind of cool when he comes busting out of her back. Oh, it's so great. I'm telling you, this movie's crazy, people. If you have not seen it, you just, you owe it to yourself. Like, the medicine man bursting out of the back tumor has not, like, we, at that point, we haven't even reached, like, the space overlays and the glowing <laughs> lights and the laser boobs and the... And the computer medicine man? The computer know. medicine man and Tony Curtis doing magic and, like, it, we haven't even reached that yet. But that's, like, the last two-thirds of the film is just... <laughs> The, the two medicine men fighting. And that's kind of it. The 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 man to medicine man, the one who comes out of Susan Strasberg's back. Uh, <laughs> he's he's real small and he's wicked fucking jacked. And he goes, yeah, he's really weird. He doesn't really speaks. He kind of looks like a little leprechaun, but like an uh, evil, like death metal leprechaun. He's like a, if a leprechaun and a California raisin had a baby and the baby yes. was on steroids and lifted weights. And it's really just a protracted battle. But does it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it outlasts its welcome, does it? Well, no, because somehow the stakes keep getting raised. And then it, it starts with one medicine man with his you know clacking his sticks and drawing a circle of salt to by the end like you said the space overlays and susan strasberg naked on a bed floating in space shooting lasers out of her breast <laughs> this is after the indoor blizzard like it's just it's completely insane and every time you think you've seen the i mean you think tony curtis throwing a typewriter at the medicine man and the typewriter explodes this would be a climax in another movie. No, no, Manitou. This is this is the. That's just setting up Act Two, baby. <laughs> yeah. So it uh, it keeps going until John singing rock wins. The end. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you love that? So okay, in order to win, because he like almost he like. Almost dies, because this is going to be, like like you said, battle of death between these two medicine men. It's Highlander. There can only be one. And also, did you notice? I mean, okay, he draws a circle, but is it a circle? Because it's actually just a U. Because he, he uses the red salty whatever stuff, and he draws a circle around the bed, but ju- but he stops at the wall. And I'm like, okay, so the, the evil Manitou, like, respects architecture as a spiritual boundary? What? <laughs> I was very confused. But so he's fighting to the death, fighting to the death. And then, like, you know, ner- poor nurse. I loved her. And then she got exploded. Um, <laughs> everyone, people get exploded. <laughs> uh, we come, Tony Curtis comes back. And John uh, Sitting Jazz is, like, is laying down there. And he's all bloody. And he's like, oh, he threw all the instruments at my face. All the medical instruments. And so he's all cut up and bleeding. And then they, they keep going back. It's like, I mean, also a Burgess Meredith film. It's like Rocky, where it's just fight. It's like, what, what? Uh, What's going to happen in the next, uh, the next ding round. ding? There you go. Round. That's the word. I just knew ding ding <laughs> is what happens. So it just keeps happening. But then right as 
as as sitting jazz is going to give up that's when tony curtis understands that because you know when they decide to hook into the they jack into the system and they're going to use the 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 manitou magic of the computer and they understand it's not working when sitting jazz does it because that's white man's medicine and so then (laughs) our sham psychic who practices magic in a way gets to become the medicine man himself and the machines listen to him (laughs) and then that enables her to take off her clothes and shoot lasers (laughs) at the the evil indian space god and manitou magic medicine man (laughs) it all makes perfect sense if you think about it it's completely nuts it's It's completely nuts it's so 1978 in so many ways uh, I would have been fine if the only real treat we got in this movie was the old woman floating down the hallway. Oh my god! <laughs> I okay. I was gonna say I thought of you, <laughs> um, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean it in that like I was like, this is one of those roles that Stacy was born to play. <laughs> Where, like, this woman shows up in the house and she's like, oh, I just, you know, with all my money, you'd think that I could buy a pair of new legs. Oh, my arthritis. And then she starts <laughs> saying, like, Pana, Pana, Wichisanatu. And then she's, like, screaming, Pana! And then she's, like, freaking out. And then she's hovering down a hallway. And then she throws herself down the stairs. The most violent down the staircase <laughs> death I've ever seen. It's amazing. Breaks the entire banister. Every, like, peg on the banister on the way down, she yeah. takes it out. Yeah, her fucking head breaks the banister <laughs> as she rolls down the whole thing. It's so good. It's just incredible. And so, like I said, if that was the only real treat we got in this, I would still love this movie. But, oh, there's so much more. It's just, in terms of the sheer it, it, of uh, audience engagement... Right. It's a metric we all understand the the days of the internet. Audience engagement. This movie, oh, she keeps you engaged every single second. I just could not get it enough. You get that seance when when Yes when, when Stella Stevens, Amelia Caruso, Orange Face does the seance <laughs> and they have that other cool woman there. And she's all like, oh, oh, <laughs> they're like, they have to check on her. And she's like, there was an engine statue. <laughs> like, it's just so good. There's so much that I just, I, I said, well, I don't, I don't even need prey anymore. Now that I have the, the Manitou. That's right. They're two sides of the same coin. <laughs> I will say, you know, going off of, um, uh, coming off of, Orphan, which got me thinking about camp and deliberate camp. And then coming off of Burnt Offerings, which also had Burgess Meredith. It started to have me thinking, like... Because I think we also talked about Malignant in those episodes. Mm -hmm. And then I started to, like, get that thing happened where all of my interests and the things that we're talking about and the things I'm watching all kind of spiral in on each other. And then I become convinced that I'm actually dead and trapped in a hologram, which, you know, is a thing Mm. I'm always afflicted with. Mm -hmm. And... I found myself suddenly thinking, like, did Malignant come from this movie? Because there's Malignant DNA in this film. There's the lump, the evil twin, that's the kind of telekinetic, but also does stuff, but also can do electricity. It's there. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I said you're saying. 
So it's like, it's like, if I had to describe this movie, I'm like, well, it's like, did this movie think it was a prestige film in the day? Do you think? Maybe. Because I feel like with Maybe. the cast, it was almost trying to do that. And, it, and then I can't help but think like, well, this is, you know, this is right after The Sentinel, also with Burgess Meredith and all those great actors. This one, this time it's Tony Curtis. So it's almost like a, a failed but spectacular prestige picture. Uh, but it's also, it's also full of all this weird, horrible red face, but it's also part malignant, but it's also the Indian exorcist, but with space lasers and boobs. Just what a recipe. It is throwing everything in the pot and stirring it up. Um, it is quintessentially 1978. Like we've talked about the disaster epics on our show. Yes. Disaster July. Um, and the, the, that sort of formula bled over into horror movies. And so you had like the Sentinel and all this with this cast of familiar names, even burnt offerings. If you look at the original poster for burnt offerings, it's the cast on the poster, their pictures and their character name and like what happens. And it's like fucking Oliver Reed, Karen Black, Betty Davis, you know, Burgess Meredith, Eileen Heckert. The star power doesn't stop. The star power doesn't stop. And what I love about them is that you have these great actors in some tiny roles. Like we always talk about Ava Gardner in The Sentinel, where it's like maybe it's a little, little more than a glorified cameo. Like Anne Southern in this is the other woman at the seance. Anne Southern was huge. She was like, she was a Jean Harlow type in the fucking 30s. Wow. Yeah, like long storied career. And then she's like flipping out at a seance in the Manitou. You know, uh, and so it's just it's such a treat to watch these movies from this era with all of these actors. And I say what you will about whatever trashed piece they're in. They all give it their fucking all because they were actors. Yes. No. And this is what I love about the this like what is like 74 to 79 era of horror horror overlapping with blockbuster overlapping with disaster all of those films that you just described it's spectacularly done it is there's spectacle behind it it's in very invested in and embodied by the actors and they were real actors yeah i think it probably started with the grand dame guignol because you have some of the best we're ever gonna see on screen in these roles that aren't flattering, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, and they always brought their fucking A game. And I will always point to Joan Crawford in Straight Jacket, who elevates that fucking material higher than it has any right to ever be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's brilliant. She, it's a great movie. She's fucking brilliant in that movie. As crazy. It's a William Castle movie about an axe murderer. Like, that movie is crazy and it's trashy and it's so much fun. And she is incredible. And all, you know, Geraldine Page, Betty Davis, Ruth Gordon, Olivia fucking de Havilland. Like, these are the greatest actors we're ever going to see. And they were in shitty horror movies. And it didn't matter. They still treated it like it was any, like, however they felt behind the scenes, when the camera started rolling, they treated it like all of the actual prestige pictures they made in their careers. Right? What is it about that? That What is it about that kind of vibe that doesn't translate to like, uh, for me at least, that doesn't translate to like the Marvel? 
or the you know Kate Blanchett in Borderlands. <laughs> These people felt that they had to do the work for a paycheck. They were all afraid of losing their careers all the time, probably because they came out of the fucking studio system or something, but it was their job and they showed up to do their job. And yes, they were celebrities and we were wrapped up in the gossip of their lives, like Joan Fontaine versus Olivia de Havilland, like Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford. There was just as much gossip, et cetera, et cetera, but they had fewer avenues, I think, to earn that kind of living. Yeah. Nowadays, the salaries are so fucking bloated Somebody does one Marvel movie that they show up and I'm not saying they're all like jerking off, but it's like, is it that taxing to put on a, a wig and a hat and go stand in front of a green screen? And say, like, bad Thor. Ooh, you bad. You Thor. Now, like, Kate Blanchett can do a lot more than that, right? <laughs> but the paycheck is fucking huge. You're you show right. up, you do your time. And it, you can do one movie, and if you're a younger actor or whatever, you also have your social media, you have all of your commercials. I mean, yeah. granted, Joan Crawford had, I know I'm talking a lot, but Joan Crawford had commercial on commercial and was like, you need to put some Pepsi in Straight Jacket because I'm married to the president of Pepsi. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they had a few other outlets, but it was their job. And they all, most of them came from extreme poverty, somebody like Joan Crawford again, extreme poverty, and didn't want to go back to it. And, I mean, as women that literally their the saga of their lives and their careers was 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 uh, charted against uh, alongside the development of this industry, right? And they they had fought every every day of their lives to continue to have a career and to sustain that career. And I think like Joan Crawford, Betty David, like they saw the changeover, a, a massive changeover in the industry that already threatened so many jobs, like of, of shifting to um, audio and talking, blah blah blah. Uh, coming off of that, then, um, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Versus, versus like to, with the Marvels or any of those things, the the Disney, the Star Wars, all all Disney. Um, yeah, you're right. They know that they're. It's not. It's not. Oh, this is going to keep the lights on. It's this is going to pay for pools to come. This will be the down payment. This will be royalties forever, and more franchise stuff and more Disney Plus spinoffs and action figures and hmm versus being and you know it's just people are more like i think many people across the board are more privileged nowadays than back then like these people also all worked through the depression and all of this kind of stuff and so i think they were just it was a different kind of work ethic yeah where it was just like it's a job and you do your job and you do your job well so that they will hire you to do another job so you don't have to be hungry ever again Mm-hmm. You know? So it was just a different era. And I think just acting as a career has just changed so much since then. But those days are so far in the past. Yeah, now Harry Styles is an actor. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Listen, I liked him for a split second after that SNL uh, skit where he's like running the social media and he's like the depressed gay. I thought that was hilarious. But I, I'm understanding that sometimes there is just good writing. <laughs> all i can say is i have spiraled out and i am just absolutely in awe of the don't worry darling <laughs> press debacle oh my god everybody just needs to be quiet it's just so incredible watching him try to talk about when they said what 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 do you like about the movie and he says my favorite thing about the movie is that it's a movie you know <laughs> like it's a real movie <laughs> 
<laughs> and then watching Chris Pine just disassociate. Listen, a mad respect for Chris Pine and Florence Pugh for putting up with all of this. <laughs> True. Right? Oh, absolutely. True consummate professionals, both of them. Yeah. I mean, who knows what uh, would Joan Crawford be versus Thor <laughs> these days? Well, Joan, I feel like Joan, yeah, in a heartbeat. Faye Dunaway was in Supergirl. You yeah, know she what fucking I mean? killed it. <laughs> Could you imagine Betty Davis on a green screen set? <laughs> and they tell her she has to talk to the the floating Tennis ball. ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. No, Betty, sorry, Aunt May doesn't smoke. We can't have you smoking in the movie. <laughs> Horror movies starring some of our most esteemed actors are one of life's greatest pleasures. Absolutely. And the 70s did that real good. Really did. Real good. I mean, it... it... <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, human civilization could have ended with Airport 75. Yeah. <laughs> with Gloria Holden writing her memoir and playing oh. herself. <laughs> while Karen Black tries to keep everyone alive. Well, good. I'm glad you finally saw this. It, uh, it's definitely a movie Anthony Hudson needed to see. It truly changed my life. I feel more in tune <laughs> with my, my, my ancestors at, than ever, you know? And, yeah, um, yeah. And... And I, I learned some things. I learned some things about myself. Oh, good. Yeah. You learned a little more about your people. Yeah. 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 Sure. I learned about my people. I learned that uh, I'm kind of attracted to Tony Curtis sometimes also. Um, <laughs> I also learned, didn't you, did you love that moment when Tony Curtis in 1978 in the Manitou is wearing the exact same outfit as his daughter in 1978 in Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> nips and everything i was like wow <laughs> well watch the manitou people if you know what's good for if you want to have a good time watch it if you feel bad donate to like you know something try nearby <laughs> don't yeah. give some indians some money if you feel bad uh watch the manitou i loved it what a blast yeah. good wow wow stacy with all of that said are you ready to um uh, disrobe and shoot out boob lasers on the chopping block. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> the chopping block. It's our question and answer game here on Gay Lords of Darkness, in which we present each other with three categories of horror. Film. They're films, not movies, people. These are oh. this is cinema. Horror cinema trivia. Oh, I don't like that. That rhymes. It's or it's too alliterative. Which is that's not rhyming or alliterative. Well it's something it's too it has a ring to Okay, so anyway, I was off to a good start. We choose a category and we are then given five questions that we are tasked with with the threat of death looming over our literal heads. Uh, with answering these five questions all within 10 seconds. Unless you call out Pana Witchy Solitude. <laughs> in which case, you are suddenly gifted the garb of magical grifter Tony Curtis. Ooh. Mustache, astrology, um, cape, and all. 
uh, and you know, for 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 good measure, we'll throw in a medicine man on your tumor lump as well. <laughs> and um, this 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 new visage will absolutely confuse and and make the white fragility of the heads they completely uncomfortable, <laughs> which will earn you an additional ten seconds just to answer that one question. Remember, you have to call out Panna Witchy Solitude. Uh, uh, if you get everything right, congratulations. You will live to see another day and to, uh, you know, do whatever you want to do with your life. But if you die, then you're dead because that's what happens when you die is you're mm. dead. So, okay. You could be reborn in a neck oh, lump tumor. Are um, you immortal? Will you pop out of somebody somewhere? If you came from a culture that, that understood the world as pure ethnic occult art then perhaps <laughs> wait did they ever say why she got the man no i think it's just had... oh they said a, the right place at the wrong time yeah that's all they said so i'm like what did she she walked over like uh... she was at, when she went to she bought some land of lakes <laughs> it was some bad butter it was bad butter <laughs> Sound is good enough for me. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Makes about as much sense as this fucking movie. So. Oh, perfection. Who is on first? Last week you answered first. So that means I ask first. Yes. Okay, Stacy. In that case, I have two new categories for you. Look at you. Don't get too excited. <laughs> and and one old returning category your returning category if you so choose it is we are going to eat you this is an easy one it's all i do is i tell you a tagline for a zombie movie and you name the movie Mm. your new your first new category is well this kind of gives it away but it's the year he came home in which you have 50 seconds to name five horror films from 1978. And I... you, know, you, you kind of have two ready to go right there. Uh, your last returning, no, your last new category is and also featuring Burgess Meredith. Now, this is because I love Burgess Meredith. He makes my heart go wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, And so this is all about horror movies with Burgess Meredith. So in this category, what I do is I... Oh name Burgess Meredith and two of his co-stars in a horror film and you tell me what the movie is that he appeared in this movie with these two co-stars does that make sense yeah okay so I said like Burgess Meredith and and Craig and Rebecca and then you tell me (laughs) I feel like Gaylords of Darkness yeah Gaylords Gaylords in Spice World 2 um (laughs) so your categories are we are going to eat you uh wow the year he came home or and also featuring Burgess Meredith. Man, I want to do the 1978 one, but I my mind feels completely blank. There's nothing between my ears. My brain <laughs> full smooth rolled up in a ball and rolled away. <laughs> so it just pill bugged out of your ear. Pill bugged right out down the road. Bye bye. Uh, so I guess I'll do Burgess Meredith. Okay, hell yeah, yeah, you will. Love him. I don't know how I feel about it, but I will try. I think, yeah, 
Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> Great. I, I think I you're going to get these. Um, okay, so also it must be said, most of these films are from the 70s. One hint in advance. There is one film from the 60s. That's the only hint you're going to get. Uh, okay, here we go. You ready? Okay. Number one, Burgess Meredith featuring Betty Davis and Eileen Heckert. Hmm. Ah, burnt offerings. Ding, 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 ding. I know it's so easy to forget, you know. It's been I so long. I kind of, there was a, honestly. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, let's see if you get this next one. I think you will. Okay. Burgess Meredith featuring Ava Gardner and Sylvia Miles. <laughs> oh, the Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. Is it not a perfect film? It's so good. It's so fucking good. The first time I saw that, I was like, I have come home. <laughs> yeah. And I'm never leaving this home. Um, now I'm a nun trapped at the top of the building. <laughs> Number three, look at you chugging right along. Burgess Meredith featuring Karen Black and William Atherton. What? Uh-oh. I've been kitchy kitchy manitou. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> we'll allow it. Um, uh... What? What? <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, you're dead. <laughs> You've been dead for a little bit. The, the answer was, uh... If Karen Black, nineteen, also a nineteen seventy five film, same year as Airport nineteen seventy five, except that didn't come out in seventy five. Uh, it was the Day of the Locust. Wow, I've never seen it. The Day of the Locust. Oh, I thought that I thought that was like a spy movie or something. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. Is it about locusts? I think it's. A, I thought it's like a killer. Isn't it? A, it's like a fucked up one. Oh, okay. Oh, is it not a horror film? American satirical historical drama film. <laughs> hey, Stacy, you have two more questions to answer. Is one of them Rocky? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen this Burgess Meredith horror film? Oh my god, I am turning so warm. I'm so so. Oh my god. Oh my god, I just like instantly went completely red. This is like I'm I'm naked in front of my class giving the presentation and I forgot all my lines. You know what? Distract them. Shoot na- shoot lasers out of your... Pew, 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 pew. There you go. <laughs> then you can make your getaway. Fuck! <sighs> I could have said the other one that I didn't choose to say because I didn't think it would count because he was only a narrator in it. I'll probably... I'll die anyway, so it doesn't matter. Okay, your next one is for this extended life adventure. <laughs> God damn it. I was like, oh, Day of the Locust. Yeah, that sounds scary. Uh, okay. <laughs> People, if you've learned anything from this show, do your research and actually research. Go to a library and talk with a librarian and learn the Dewey mm-hmm. Decimal System. Don't just fucking click things on Google like 10 minutes before. <laughs> You loser. Don't give away all our secrets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> we do this every week, people. What do you expect? Okay. Yeah. Well, some of us do whatever work. You know what, Stacy? <laughs> 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 oh, 
Riddle me this, Batman. Number four, Burgess Meredith featuring Anthony Hopkins and Anne Margaret. What? In a horror movie? Yes. Oh, magic. Yes. Magic. Ding, 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 ding. Just in time, too. Just at 10 seconds. <sighs> this one is more challenging. Oh, good. But think about the years of all the films that you've answered so far. Yeah. And think about my hint earlier. <laughs> Number five, Burgess Meredith featuring Jack Palance and Peter Cushing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Palance and Peter Cushing. God, is it like a Roger Corman fucking movie? It basically. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That one is from 1967. It's Torture Garden. Oh. Torture Garden. I see. Yeah. Never seen that either. Yeah, who has? Hmm. Yeah, as long as it's really a horror movie and not about vegetables or something. <laughs> I'm good. About the plight of the vegetable farmers. Yeah, about pesticides. <laughs> well, I did prolong the inevitable a little bit, which was, was it crueler to have life granted to me again and then cruelly snatched away? Oh. I don't know. I'm still hey. embarrassed if it helps. I'm glad it really does, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, well, it's your turn now. Oh, yay. To place your head on the chopping block for three categories that I will categorize as grand doms. <gasps> They're not old. They're grand dom categories, (laughs) meaning you've seen them before, but boy, do they deliver. Look at her in that fright wig. Yeah, yeah. Look at that pancake makeup and fright wig. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay. Anyway, three old categories. Okay. Okay. First category, I only watch prestige horror. Ooh. Uh, in which I give you a line of dialogue from a movie that is in the Criterion Collection. You tell me the name of the movie. Hmm. Category two. Two words, one letter, or something. Where I ask a question about a movie whose title comprises two words that both begin with the same letter. Like double dare, if that. Oh happen. yeah, 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 yeah. So all the answers are movie titles that are like that. You and said that, and all I could think was Nosfor A two eight two, the <laughs> license plate movie, the okay. television series. Sorry, never mind. Now I understand. No. Okay. Uh, and the third category is before they were stars. I am looking for horror movies starring very famous people before they became very famous. Oh. So, your categories are, I only watch prestige horror, two words, one letter, or something, 
And before they were stars. I, ooh, I'm really curious about the stars, but I also just love the prestige horror. I want the prestige, I want the one-liners. Oh, Please. okay. I'm going to try my hand at that. You'll get these. I give you a line of dialogue. You tell me the title of the movie from whence the dialogue comes. Okay. They're all in the Criterion Collection, so picture those spines. Ew. <laughs> okay. Number one. This I gave you the hardest one right out of the gate. They're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to guess Night of the Living Dead. Yes! Ding, ding, ding! Wow! A few. I love Night of the Living Dead so much. It's perfect. October is on the way. It is an October staple for me. Oh, it's perfect. I love that movie so much. Judith O'Day, man. Ugh, perfection. Also, like, if anyone ever has the opportunity to meet her, like, she is a fucking... Do it angel queen yes love her we can both vouch for that she has a british accent (laughs) she's not british i just she is absolutely an angel i have had rare like i've rarely had more a more invested conversation at a convention than Mm -hmm. judith o'day she's a sweetheart yeah love her number two except for those people down there we might be the only living creatures in the whole wide world no! Except for those creatures down there. We might be the... Um, oh, oh, Carnival of Souls? No. No! Wait! Wait, why did I say Carnival of Souls? Nobody says... Wait, except for those creatures down <laughs> Nobody there. Nobody would say that! Except for those creatures down there, we might be the only... Except for those people down there, we might be oh. the only living creatures in the whole world. Except for those people down there, we might be the only living creatures in the whole world. What is that? It rhymes with schmicknick at schmangingschwack. God damn it! And I claim to love that movie. God damn it. Picnic at Hanging Rock. That's a little, man, it's not, it's not an, uh, they're coming to get you, Barbara. You know, it's not like it's an iconic line, but it's a, you know, it kind of points to the movie. Well, yeah, because there's elevation. They're on a rock. And there was the whole big point of it, like when they would show the close-ups of the bugs and stuff. And yep. That's a great movie. God, it's perfect. Well, another day, another double death here on the chopping block. You know what? We're consistent, okay? Yeah. Uh, consistently terrible. Um, <laughs> we will not be back. I don't know when we'll be back. <laughs> that sounds so grim. Yeah. <laughs> from the grave. When will we rise from we'll, the grave? We'll be back. We just don't know if we'll have an episode next week because I got I'm doing a, a show. Right. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> well But if you follow us on our social media accounts, the Twitters, the Instagram, Facebook, I guess. I have my Facebook is buried under piles of dust. I haven't been there in ages. I don't think anybody I, uses it anymore. Yeah, I haven't really been on any of them. Because you're busy making content on TikTok? 
Um, but yeah, TikTok's where it's at for me, you know. Stacy, Stacy does all the challenges, all the dances. Yep. You lip sync all the people talking from other television programs. Yeah. Am I an influencer? Well, that's not for me to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not on the TikTok. Uh, but if you follow Gaylords of D on Twitter, Gaylords of Darkness on Instagram, those two for sure, we tend to at least post weekly updates on our content. Yeah. Anyway, also our website, gaylordsofdarkness.com. Sometimes people want to know, here's a public service announcement. Sometimes people want to know which episode it was where we talked about a certain movie. Personally, I have no idea. <laughs> we are the last resource of information when it comes to this show. Yeah. However, on our website, Gaylords of Dark- and I realize what a pain it is because our titles are always like, oh, whatever, bread. And it's we're talking about the exorcist. <laughs> Yes, Claire's Hamburger Journey. Yeah. Our, our episode on <laughs> yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. So uh, I realize that's a pain and I'm sorry. And perhaps someday we will have a thing, a list of the movies, and then it'll say what episode. This is something but until that. Until that day. Until that day. When I like to play Data Entry Girl, because sometimes you just love, I personally, it's very satisfying to play Data Entry Girl. This isn't a role play thing. Don't get this excited. Is, is this a kink? No. You get well, you bust it's out like your a abacus and... it's like a work kink because it's kind of like doing math where it's like there's nothing. I don't have to think. I just have to type in the things in the boxes. You just like the the confirmation of information and where it belongs. The sorting and confirmation and sorting of information. Ah, uh, yes. I like to exercise the other half of my brain. It's like the the Fisher Price shapes. The shapes and the holes. Right. Circle goes in circle. So Yes, exactly. So someday, you know, so uh, <laughs> sometimes you have to think of an opening paragraph for something you're writing. Other times, just put the circle in the circle hole. Yes. yes. Wink, wink. If you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. Um, anyway, what am I... Oh, so maybe something... <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I told you my brain armadilloed away quite some time ago. Um, so maybe someday there will be an alphabetical list of the movies that we've talked about in the episode. But for now, there is a search function on our website, gaylordsofdarkness.com, and you can type in stuff, like movie titles, and it'll come up. Sometimes I have found, because I've had to look things up, sometimes I find it's a little finicky. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Or sometimes you have to like be really careful about what you do and don't capitalize or it's really annoying. Yeah, and it makes no sense. And generally search en- search engines or whatever, search bars are much more generous than ours. Yes, yes. Ours is very close-minded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she was a former county marriage clerk and yeah. this was the best gig she could get. Uh, so you can check our website and probably find... The episode you're looking for. Okay. So, bye-bye. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, 
Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, ha, ha.